Welcome to the Washington Ethical Society. Whether you are joining us online or in person, it is good to find connection in all kinds of ways. I am Brian Fashigian, and my pronouns are he, him, and I'm the officiant this morning. We are here for hybrid platform. We have members and friends attending live on Zoom, in person in the hall, in asynchronously, oh my goodness, and at different times by watching or listening to the recording later. Welcome to everyone. We are one community unified across time and space as we gather to affirm, affirm our values and commit to a better world. We're still figuring out how to be in this new phase together, so let's learn from our mistakes and forgive each other generously. If you are joining us live on Zoom, please say hello in the chat. Having your chat set for everyone will give everyone else in the Zoom a chance to see your greetings. You are welcome to say hello whether you are a brand new visitor, a longtime member, a neighbor from another ethical society, or a Unitarian Universalist congregation, or somewhere in between. If you're participating on Zoom this morning, there's also a closed captioning option that can be turned on or off. The Zoom chat will stay open through much of the platform service, closing for the address itself and then reopening. If you are watching from in the building within the sound of my voice, such as the welcome table, and planning to follow along on Zoom on your personal device, please be sure to disconnect audio so we, have, uh, we don't have the feedback um, during the platform. It's good to connect and share this time together. Yes, it is, and however we're going to connect. Um, once you're prepared, I invite you to settle in wherever you are as we continue to gather. Good morning. My name is Lynn Cox. My pronouns are they, them. I'm the interim leader here at the Washington Ethical Society. Opening words this morning are adapted from John Burns and Rebecca Parker from their book, A House for Hope. Hope rises. It rises from the heart of life, here and now, beating with joy and sorrow. Hope longs. It longs for good to be affirmed, for justice and love to prevail, for suffering to be alleviated, and for life to flourish in peace. Hope remembers. It remembers the dreams of those who have gone before and reaches for connection with them across the boundary of death. Hope acts. It acts to bless, to protest, and to repair. Let us gather up longing and memory and reach for hope together. We begin our platform with music from today's guest, Jean Rowe. Hi there, West friends, old and new. My name is Jean Rowe, and I'm very happy to be sharing music with you today. This is a song of mine called Wait and See. Wait and see. Wait and see. 
Once again, I don't know how it sounded 
over Zoom, but that was gorgeous. Each week, we read our statement of purpose as a reminder of our shared values. If you are interested in taking a turn to read the statement of purpose, you can sign up at tiny.cc slash readSOP. You can record a video of yourself reading the statement of purpose, if that works better for you, or you can be present at the statement of purpose here in the hall. If you're relatively new to the community or haven't been as active lately, it is an easy way to introduce or reintroduce yourself. Our readers this morning prepared a video of the statement of purpose by way of a farewell. Here are Rachel Markowitz and Rebecca Lammers recording from their new home. Hi, I'm Rachel Markowitz. And I'm Rebecca Lammers. And we've been longtime members of the Washington Ethical Society until recently when we moved to Hawaii. So we just wanted to share a, a hello to you all from Hawaii and um, also read the statement of purpose. The Washington Ethical Society is a humanistic congregation that affirms the worth of every person. We strive through our relationships to elicit the best in the human spirit. With faith in human goodness, we appreciate each person's unique capacities. We joyfully celebrate together and support each other through life. We nurture a sense of reverence and responsibility for each other and the earth. We warmly invite you to join our community of children and adults as we work for a world where love and justice cross all borders. And asynchronous participants to light a candle wherever and whenever you are. Please join me in our candle lighting words. May we kindle within us the warmth of compassion, the light of understanding, and the fire of commitment to build a brighter future for all. Our theme today is framing hope to focus on doing the next right thing. Let's hear more about that in today's story. So this is a story that's by my colleague, Christopher Bice, and I don't know if the story happened exactly this way, but I believe it's true. Once upon a time, there were two frogs. There was a young frog, and there was an old frog. And the two frogs were hopping through the forest when they came upon a churn of cream. Now, don't ask me why there was a churn of cream in the middle of the forest. We're just going to go with it but they hopped into the churn of cream and they were stuck. The sides were slippery and there was nothing to hold on to. So the best they could do is swim around in circles and they're swimming and they're hopping and they're swimming around in circles in the cream. And the young frog says, oh, I can't do it. We're going to die. And the old frog said, no, you have to keep hope alive. And the young frog said, what are you going to talking about? We're never going to make it. And the old frog said, no, no. You have to endure the winter before you can get to the spring. You can keep hope alive, you can keep us alive, and we will see another sunrise. And the young frog's like, I don't think I can do it. And the older frog said, yes, yes, you can. Keep hope alive, so let's help keep hope alive, keep hope alive. And the young frog's like, ah, keep hope alive, keep hope alive. But the more they said it, and the more they swam, the, the stronger that they felt. Keep hope alive, keep hope alive. And they swam and they went in circles. And then the cream turned into butter. 
And so they hopped on top of the butter, and they hopped out of the churn and hopped away into the forest to see another sunrise. So we move into the centering time of our platform. Let's consider the hops that we can take to keep hope alive. Each week, we ring this chime in solidarity with people around the world. Today, I am particularly mindful of the recent outbreak of tornadoes across Arkansas, Illinois, Kentucky, Missouri, Mississippi, and Tennessee, and their devastating impact. As we listen to the chime, let us remember our connection to each other and the world around us. Let us open our hearts to compassion for those who suffer. And let us commit ourselves to the work that calls for our love. As we continue our moment of mindfulness, I invite you to close your eyes or soften your gaze wherever you are, whenever you're healing, hearing my words, be in that time and place. Notice the feelings in your body. How are you connected to your chair or the floor? Where do you ache? Where do you find ease? Where are you healing? And notice your breath. Attend to the feelings in your body as you inhale. And savor that breath. And attend to the sensation of breathing out. Take in one more nourishing breath. Savor it. And release it. Continue to stay present to your breath and your body as we listen to these words by Gretchen Haley. There is too much beauty in this world to give up on it yet. And it is always too soon to surrender to cynicism. Bring your doubt, your skepticism, your downright confusion, even your bitterness. But in the midst of all these, in the center, wrap your tender fingers around that still bright thread of hope. Feel in your heart that still, steady hunger for something more. The vision we glimpse every day in the rising sun across the foothills, the light that spreads across the face of the one we love, the look of knowing all there is to know and still loving life, loving us, just as it is, just as we are. For this hour, we come to celebrate, to praise, to give thanks, to refuse to give up, 
to steady ourselves, keepers of hope, brave builders of this still possible world. As we contemplate the potential for hope, we continue our meditation in silence and in the music that follows. There's a place for us Somewhere a place for us Peace and quiet and open air Wait
It's an excerpt from the third reconstruction by Reverend Dr. William J. Barber II. I grew up not only in my parents' home, but also at my grandmama's. My father's mother was, in so many ways, the spiritual anchor of our family. She had a way of watching over her children and grandchildren and paying attention to the whole community and seeing what was really going on. An elder in the traditional sense of our African and Native American ancestors, she kept the wisdom of those who had gone before her and passed it down to us, the next generation. I've had the privilege of being able to study at some of this country's best theological schools, and I have learned a great deal from the professors of theology in those places. But everything I know that I, everything I know that I know in a practical way, the faith that I hold most deeply, I learned from my grandmama. When we were growing up, grandmama and her nieces always cooked for the whole family and for anyone else who happened to stop by. When I was at her house, I often sat with them in the kitchen. They would hum songs from church as she rolled out biscuits and stirred pots on her old gas stove. They also had a ritual whenever the food was done. Grandmama would take a bottle of the anointing oil that she rubbed on people's heads when she prayed for them and slip it in front, uh, into the front of her apron. She and the other ladies would take some money, a rag, and some of the food they've cooked, and they would say, we'll be back shortly. We've got to go and help somebody. Hope, and we've got to go and hope someone. Looking back, I see that Grandmama articulated more theology in that single phrase than some preachers managed to get into an entire sermon. As a person of faith struggling to survive in a society that so often despised her and the people she loved most, my Grandmama knew that any prayers worth their salt had to be accompanied by food for the hungry. She and other mothers of the church practiced visitation, a spiritual discipline, every bit as important as Sunday worship or Holy Communion. She knew in her bones that faith and works, belief and practice were inseparable. And she knew in her careful choice of words that love in action was not simply about helping people. It was a practice of hope that both, in, both enabled others to keep going and helped her to keep her eyes on the prize and hold on. The Reverend Dr. William J. Barber II has been a force in movement building for justice for a long time now. And while I'm not a full-time movement builder myself, I have been present for a few of the actions of the Poor People's Campaign and before that, Repairers of the Breach. And I've been inspired by the capacity for hope in all of the organizers and witnesses who come together to declare a new vision of who we can be as a community, as a society, as a country, as a world. Sometimes I have the strength and energy to participate in an, in an embodied way, and sometimes I don't. Each of us can be a wave that goes in and out with the tide, as long as we keep being together an ocean of acceptance, gathering to send energy to each new wave going in, and to lift up with potential energy the waves returning. I'd like to speak about hope today. Some of us need to draw hope to hold out a vision of the world that yet can be. Some of us need hope to sustain the relationships and the communities 
and the institutions that are holding people together during these difficult times. Some of us need hope to get through the day, to care for our loved ones and ourselves and the people we love in a personal way. So I'll be drawing from examples of justice making, and I want to be clear that hope is for all of us. You do not have to earn your inherent worth. Your path to creating a world where love and justice cross all borders might be caregiving or science or statistics or direct service or mutual aid or actually physically creating the infrastructure our community needs or something else. We can respect each other's paths and not beat ourselves up for failing to travel all of the paths at the same time. Hope is for everybody. When we pursue change in society in coalition with others, we collaborate with people of many different faiths and no faith, each one speaking out of their own tradition and what moves them to be part of the effort. We each need to reach down to the roots of who we are and what our mission is in this life because the status quo isn't set up for this work and the energy has to come from somewhere. Dr. Barber speaks eloquently from his tradition, but hearing him doesn't mean that we have to draw from the same roots. Instead, it can inspire us to look to our own. The answer and response based on the legacies and communities that energize us as humanists. For instance, when Dr. Barber speaks of hope, he might bring up a story from the biblical book of Zechariah, a book with a character who comforted and energized his people who were trying to put the pieces of themselves back together after a time of oppression. Dr. Barber might quote theologians like Walter Brueggemann or Reinhold Niebuhr who speak about faith and realism. These stories and essays can help illuminate points in our own philosophy even if the texts that Dr. Barber references aren't part of our own canon. As humanists, we act based on the philosophy that people are ends in themselves. People are not a means to an end. Each human has inherent worth and dignity. And so part of our work is to humanize the spaces we go out into, to create spaces where respect for inherent worth becomes more evident. In humanizing the spaces we inhabit, we help dismantle obstacles to human thriving, like racism and other forms of oppression. An economic system that exploits the many for the economic benefit of the few is a system that uses people as a means to an end and is unacceptable in humanist philosophy. We rise against dehumanization. Therefore, if we declare ourselves to be humanists, we have some responsibility for making that philosophy a reality, for making it concrete, to call attention to the places where human dignity is being disrespected, and to increase the momentum of a world of interdependence and justice, a world that we know can be. When we look back at that first generation of ethical culture and admire the institutions that were founded in that period, institutions that showed respect and care for people who had been previously regarded by the upper class as disposable, 
The point is not to rest on our laurels and brag about our ancestors. The point is to remember that the supreme ethical rule was never meant to be exclusively about individual interactions. Act in such a way as to bring out the best in others and thereby in yourself. Yes, certainly treat individuals you meet with care and respect and curiosity to bring out their best. And also realize that bringing out the best in people on a large scale requires that our society be built on justice and compassion. Nobody can bring out their best in a situation of oppression, poverty, war, coercion, or environmental devastation. And those who declare as an axiom the worth of human beings have a responsibility to bring a just and compassionate society closer to fruition. Again, there are many paths for doing that. Political activism is only one. And we need to coordinate those paths and see ourselves as part of something larger. And this is where hope becomes difficult. As humanists, we are also people of data. We are people who respect concrete research. We aspire to take an unflinching look at the world as it is. We don't rely on promises or predictions or fantasies but that doesn't mean we can't have a vision for a different future. Felix Adler exhorted us to sing, Hail the Glorious Golden City, to imagine a gleaming society where justice reigns, where wonders abound, where people collaborate in unity of purpose. It is okay to have an imagination. And yet, if we unveil the depth of suffering and injustice in, at work in the world as it currently is, and compare that data with our vision, we can easily become discouraged. True hope, the hope of staying the course, the hope of refusing to let dehumanization win, even when we know what we are up against, active hope is not easy. So let's be sure we're framing hope consistently. Hope is not wishful thinking. Hope is not pretending things are okay. Hope is not glossing over the grief and pain around us and within us. Quite the opposite. Hope is strengthened when we can bear witness to suffering, when we're in companionship with one another in the midst of pain and setbacks, and we keep doing the right thing anyway. Hope is staying committed to the values that we've declared in the statement of purpose, acting on those values, even when we cannot be assured that our vision will prevail in the short term. Dr. Cornell West puts it this way. This hope is not the same as optimism. Optimism adopts the role of the spectator who surveys the evidence in order to infer that things are going to get better. Yet we know that the evidence does not look good. The dominant tendencies of our day are unregulated global capitalism, racial balkanization, social breakdown, and individual depression. Hope enacts the stance of the participant who actively struggles against the evidence in order to change the deadly tides of wealth inequality, group xenophobia, and personal despair. Only a new wave of vision, courage, and hope can keep us sane and preserve the decency and dignity requisite to revitalize our organizational energy for the work to be done. To live is to wrestle with despair, yet never to allow despair to have the last word.
Dr. West and others refer to being prisoners of hope, people who can do no other except the next right thing in pursuit of justice. He is speaking of a commitment to act toward justice, to be held by ancestors and the promises we make and our community. It's partially a biblical reference, and even if we don't share the same relationship with that source, I hope we can identify with the strength of a commitment to values held in our community yesterday, today, and tomorrow. It's a hope based on action and connections, not on speculation. So if we don't have assurances and we don't have illusions, our hope has to come from somewhere else. And one of the places it comes from is our interdependence. We get that hope from each other and from the world of relationships we inhabit. And that's not as simple as trading platitudes with one another. It means caring for one another and the earth as best we can. Whether our search for hope is personal, communal, or societal, one of the first places we look is for reminders that we are not alone. We are interdependent. We are part of something larger than ourselves. In the reading we heard earlier from Dr. Barber, the practice of community care both spread hope among the people and energized the sharers of hope. When we create practices and spaces of humanization, places where those who are despised by the dominant society are treated as worthy and capable agents in their own lives, when we learn and perpetuate practices of respect and care, we are creating pocket universes that can grow into aspects of the glorious golden city. Once we've been reminded of our connections, we can find the next right thing to do toward our shared values. And we can practice gratitude for the hope-making practices already going on around us. Our pastoral care associates create hope by being present, by being peer listeners. Our welcome team and Zoom ushers create hope in the way they hold us in community and hospitality. Our tech team creates hope in the unbelievable feats of science and engineering that allow us to weave our community together across time and space. Our Earth Ethics team creates hope in holding out a different way to be in relationship with each other and the planet. Our Immigration Justice team, Afghan Welcome team, and Global Connections team create hope in their border-crossing practices of love, support, and empowerment. Our Widening the Anti-Racism Lens team creates hope by reminding us that we can humanize this space as we unlearn and dismantle the white supremacy culture we're swimming in. Members of our Board of Trustees create hope by doing the unglamorous work day in and day out of creating and sustaining the container of this community, a place where we can meet to seek the highest. Our education staff and volunteers create hope by conveying this vision and these values to a new generation of humanists. And all of this is part of the work of humanizing, opening up new pocket universes that connect to the glorious golden city. All of these aspects of hope link us together as part of something larger than our individual selves, larger than this community, larger even than the humanist movement. There are many paths 
in the practice of hope. If your hope-making activity is caregiving or teaching or caring for institutions like Wes, or simply surviving when the dominant culture tells you that your survival is inconsequential, your hope-making is vital. And if you have the energy for social change, there are plenty of hope-making opportunities there. Activities aimed at social change, direct action, public witness, electoral organizing, policy work, union organizing, other forms of social justice encompass some of the practices for hope. If you've been by our West Meeting House on 16th Street, you may have noticed the return of the immigration justice banner in front of the building. Even with regime change, there is still a need to advocate for human rights in immigration policy. And that's not the only issue we're concerned about. We know that reproductive justice is under threat, and we know that any goals we have for justice and for the well-being of the people of this country rest on voting rights, which are also under threat. So-called labor shortages and supply chain issues are being used as excuses to roll back labor protections, living wage initiatives, and environmental protections. Passing the Build Back Better Act in the Senate before the senators leave for a recess would be a first step to addressing some of these issues, along with the For the People Act and restoring the Voting Rights Act. For all of these reasons, environmental justice, economic justice, voting rights, immigration justice, the Poor People's Campaign is calling those who are able to come to Capitol Hill tomorrow. UUA President Susan Frederick Gray will be there. Our friends from UUSJ will be there. I'll be there. Our contingent is meeting up at 1045, and the main event is at noon. If you'd like to come along, sign up at sidewithlove.org. And if you can't make it, but you want to know what other opportunities are coming up to address those issues, go to sidewithlove.org and sign up on the Action Center. We may not achieve our goals. Short-term success would be nice, but that's not the deepest well from which we can draw hope. We increase the strength of our hope by showing up for each other in whatever way is possible for us in our own time and place. Being present with a friend who is injured or grieving is a hope-making practice. Signing up for the welcome team is a hope-making practice. Being at Capitol Hill tomorrow or watching the live stream is creating hope because it is demonstrating to other people involved that we are not alone. All of the ways we humanize the spaces we inhabit are practices of creating hope. We might not succeed in changing the world in ways we can perceive immediately, but we might. Sometimes we win. Abby Dakin pointed out that the slide, uh, that the birds pictured in the opening slide for this talk are whooping cranes. And you can look for that slide again at the very end of my talk if you missed it. There were once 20 whooping cranes left in the wild, and now there may be up to 250. Sometimes action makes a difference right before our eyes. And even if we don't achieve our goals in the short term, we'll be building community and building power for the long term. Dr. Barber reminds us, Dr. King said we are called to be thermostats that change the temperature, not thermometers that merely measure the temperature. Gandhi said that first they ignore you, then they ridicule you, then they fight you, and then you win. And the truth is every movement that has ever changed America began when electoral politics 
The majority and even the law were antagonistic. The abolition movement didn't have the majority with it or the politics when it began. The women's suffrage movement didn't have the majority when it began. The fight against legalized lynching didn't have it. The fight for social security, the battle to end segregation in Jim Crow, the campaign in Birmingham, the Greensboro sit-ins, Selma, the 1964 Civil Rights Act, the 1965 Voting Rights Act, none of these efforts was popular. None of these efforts had the Gallup poll with them. None of these efforts had political sway with them. But what changes the country and what changes the world is not just electoral politics, but moral movements that change the atmosphere in which electoral politics have to exist. I don't know what will happen legislatively in the short term. I do know that my own resources for hope are increased when I can stay in touch with the network of relationships that sustain me, keep me rooted in my values, and help me put my hope in context with the inspiration of the past and the future people and planet to whom I am responsible. I know that when I practice gratitude for communities like this one, where we are surrounded by people practicing hope-making activities, it's a little easier to do the next right thing. I know that I'm not alone in holding a vision of a world of love and justice, a world where the inherent worth of people and our relationship with the planet are evident in the fabric of society. Humanizing the spaces we inhabit is a hope-making activity. Let us be humanists for hope. May it be so. After some music, we'll have community sharing time when you can write into the chat about re what resonated with you today if you're on Zoom or if you're in person, come and tell us in the hall. In this time between, you might prepare for community sharing by reflecting on a personal experience or an activity at West that illustrates the values that we're lifting up today. As we contemplate rest and reflect, let us enjoy the musical response. your barriers the taller I become the farther you take my rights away the faster I will run you can deny me you can decide matter cause there's something inside so strong and I know that I can make it though you're doing me wrong so wrong you thought that my pride was gone oh no there's something inside so strong oh, oh something inside so strong 
This is the time when we add our own voices to the morning, sharing our own reflections on the platform for what resonates in our own lives. For our online participants, I invite you to share in the Zoom chat or in the comments if you are watching the recording later. I'll start with the Zoom comments. We'll accept some comments at the microphone from in-person attendees in the middle and then return to our Zoom participants at the end. Vincent shares, I believe there can't only be hope. Hope must be accompanied with doing. I believe hope is trusting 
that what you are doing will be fruitful. And Peter shares, right now, I am struggling to hope that our country will remain a democracy beyond 2022. Lynn's words are important to help me keep my hope so I can continue to try to find something that will make my hope come true. And Joe shares, I have taken hope from Felix Adler's concept of the reality producing function on the mind. First, we imagine what we hope for. Then we work to make that hope come true. Thank you for those comments. Uh, let's return to Zoom to see what else has been added in, um, in a little bit. Now let's uh, return our attention to the commenters in the hall. In order to avoid close physical contact, I won't bring the microphone around to your seat as we used to do. Instead, please line up with plenty of personal space at the stationary microphone. We'll hear a few brief comments before returning online. If anybody's interested, I know we have smaller numbers uh, in houses than we used to. Susan. I don't usually talk, but it was so, so great to be here. <laughs> I loved it. The platform was wonderful. The music was wonderful. I'm just very happy. That's right. Me too. Thank you, Susan. We'll, uh, See, we'll go back to Zoom, see if there's any other comments. And we'll keep it flexible this morning, so if something comes up and uh, someone wants to share, please let me know. Um, Cynthia shares, I really needed to hear this platform about hope because for, for of so many reasons I'm lacking in hope. And Laura T. sharing, Peter, me too. I swing from great hope to deep despair. Then I put my head down and look, like Lynn said, to do the next right thing. Put my hands on the wheel and my foot on the gas. Thank you for those comments. And thank you to all who shared their thoughts and attentions. Just as we share our perspectives in community, so too do we share our material gifts. Here at West, we split the Sunday collection between our operating budget and a fund dedicated to justice and compassion. We appreciate each person's generous giving as they are able. This month, half of the offering is dedicated to the Refugee Resettlement Fund at West, which will be directed to the new Afghan Welcome Project. As we heard from Kate Lang last week, we expect to hear soon about a match between Wes and a family who has, who has uh, been evacuated from Afghanistan. We will, match, we will be matched under the auspices of the Good Neighbor Partners Program operated by Lutheran Social Services. Our new neighbors are likely to need help with rent for several months, as well as some other expenses involved in setting up their household. Thanks to the past generosity of West members to re uh, refugee resettlement projects, we do have some money to start with and we know this will be a long-term commitment to help our new neighbors to make it uh, their home here. 
Thank you to all of the volunteers who will be helping launch this partnership. On the slide, you'll see the number to give by text for today's collection, 202-335-1885. And you can also make a gift online, online through the donate button on our website at ethicalsociety.org. On the website, please choose Share the Plate as the fund. Before we start the music, I'd like to say a bit about these musicians. This is a video from the archives, shared with permission from Johnny and Susan Buzik. Buzak, sorry, excuse me. They moved to Colorado recently and wanted to ch a chance to say goodbye to their friends at West. They will remain members, loving us from afar and using all of the Zoom skills we've all gotten so good at during the past 20 months. Susan and Johnny have prepared a letter that that will be going out to members later in the week and asked to have this part read in the platform. We wish you all much success as you choose a new leader and move forward into a new era at West. The community has been lucky to have Lynn to guide us and we trust that the selection team will find a wonderful leader to move West into new adventures as well. We have space for guests and are looking, to, uh, looking forward to introducing folks to mountain living, which includes deer and elk, grazing all around the house, nearby trails, and lots of bright sunshine and clear air. Our email addresses and phone numbers are all still the same should you want to get in touch. With gratitude for our years together and much love to you all, Susie and John. Excuse me, Susan and Johnny. Thank you for everything, Susan and Johnny. Safe travels as you journey. We'll now receive the generous gifts of members for the Refugee Resettlement Fund and the gift of music. We are living with the Great Big Dipper We are washed by the very same rain We are swimming in the stream together Some in power and some in pain and worship this ground we walk on, cherishing the beings that live beside. Loving spirits will live forever. We're all swimming to the other side. I am alone. I am searching, hungering for answers in my time. I am balanced at the brink of wisdom. I'm impatient to receive a sign. I move forward senses open in perfection be my cry in humility i will listen we're all swimming to the other side we are living with the great big dipper we are washed by the very same rain we are swimming in the stream together some in power and some in pain we can worship we walk on, cherishing the beings that we live beside. Loving spirits will live forever. We're all swimming to the other side. On this journey through thoughts and feelings, finding intuition, I hit my heart. I am gathering the tools together, preparing to do my part. All and together in be my guide, loving lessons.
lessons that I will follow We're all swimming to the other side We are living beneath the great big dipper We are washed by the very same rain We are swimming in the stream together Some in power and some in pain we can worship this ground we walk on, cherishing the beings that we live beside. Loving spirits will live forever, we're all swimming to the other side. When we get there, we'll discover all of the gifts we've been given to share have been with us since life's beginning, and we never noticed they were there. Never recognizing that we've arrived Loving spirits will live together We're all swimming to the other side Loving spirits will live forever We're all swimming to the other side Thank you so much to the many people who helped create this morning's time together. Guest musician, Jean Rowe, Susie, excuse me, Johnny and Susan, music, and our own West Chorus interim and music coordinator, Leah Morris. Thank you to membership coordinator, Maceo Thomas, and today's welcome crew, both online and in the foyer. Thank you to slide artists, John and Abby Dakin, and to communications coordinator, Robin Kravitz. Thank you to Kristen Hunter for hosting today's Zoom coffee hour. And, thank, and of course, thank you to today's tech team through everything uh, staying persistent. John Lika, John Pfeiffer, Denise Howell, Pat McNeely, Michael Dimyan, and Peter Bishop. Thanks also to those who are leading and supporting our work in the week in the weeks to come. As always, this week has a variety of opportunities for West members and friends to connect virtually around shared interests in support of meetings and uh, in support meetings and discussion groups. You can find information about these many opportunities in the Sunday links or news and notes emails. We've got, um, let's see, the West Giving Tree to benefit a wider circle and Capital Area Food Bank is online this year, meaning all members from near and far are welcome to participate in this annual tradition of generosity. Genevieve McDowell uh, Owen has prepared a wish list. If you don't want to use the usual online retailer to fulfill the wish list, you can drop off items at Genevieve's front porch. Check news and notes uh, or the Zoom chat for that link. Gift items should be delivered by this Friday, December 17th. Tomorrow, Monday, December 13th, join UUA President Susan Frederick Gray, West Interim Leader Lynn Cox, and 100 of our UU friends at a Moral Monday rally on Capitol Hill with the Poor People's Campaign. Please sign up to get updates and the gathering location for the UU contingent. That link will be in the chat for Zoom, Zoom participants, or you can find it at sidewithlove.org. Next Sunday, December 19th, the high school youth group will meet in person and the pre-K second to second grade group meet, will meet online. For all age groups, please be sure to um, your family is registered and you've filled out the RSVP form for each class session. If you aren't already receiving the SEEK newsletter, please contact Ndara Miles. Winterfest is coming up next week. Woo! 
This year, we'll repeat the success of last year's festival of poetry with winter-themed readings that invoke peace, hope, love, joy, and giving. You can sign up to record yourself reading your contribution, or you can sign up to be a reader in the hall. Recordings are due this Tuesday, December 14th at 5 p.m. Members received an email last week with a sign-up link. The link will be in the Zoom chat, or you can contact Lynn Cox. Platform will take a holiday break on December 26th. The building will be closed that day, and the tech team will get a chance to rest. If it's your habit to make pledge payments during platform, please keep this month's three platform schedule in mind as you plan your end of year giving to us. As I mentioned, next week's platform is Winterfest, a celebration of winter-themed poetry and short readings lifting up the values of peace, hope, joy, love, and giving. We hope you'll join us for that at 10.30, either on Zoom or here in the hall if you reserved your spot online. The link for reservations for December's platforms is on the West website, as, in the, um, as are details on other events and news. You'll need to answer health screening questions and confirm your answers to those questions when you arrive. There is a lot going on. I would like to introduce Susan Runner with one more brief update from the Senior Leader Search Committee. Oh, or actually. Ready, I can't. <laughs> okay. So good morning, Washington Ethical Society. I'm Susan Runner, and I'm reaching out for the Leader Search Committee. Um, First, the West website now has our job announcement. Please feel free to forward the announcement to any people that you think might be interested in applying for our senior leader position or any organization that might have such people. Also, on the West website in the new members section is a lengthy description of West and the senior leader position called the Congregational Record. That reflects the important information we got from you in the survey, in the focus groups, in the cottage meetings, and in staff interviews. The con we always say it's not congressional record, it's the congregational record. <laughs> the congregational record has a particular form specified by the UUA, but the same information will be provided to AEU leaders and other qualified applicants. And, while we wait for people to apply, our main task this month is compiling a set of additional documents, things like our constitution, bylaws, staff job descriptions, minutes, and board meetings, and membership meetings, and so on. Thank you again for your contributions to the search committee this fall. We look forward to your participation again in the spring when we hope to have a candidate to present to you for a week of platforms and get-togethers. In the meantime, you have many questions, or if you have any questions, please either write to us uh, online or at rungold7 at gmail.com. These are really important times, and we're very excited to get, go forward. Thank you, Susan. We are nearing the end of platform, whether you've been with us live on Zoom, in person in the West Meeting House, or later in the recording. Thank you for being here with us. After the closing song, closing words, and a special postlude for today, we'll end this webinar and open up a new Zoom meeting for virtual coffee hour.
In-person attendees may enjoy gathering on the front patio to socialize. Now let's enjoy this month's closing song. brief reminders as we close. If you are new to our community, please send an email to our membership coordinator, Maceo Thomas, and introduce yourself. To reach virtual coffee hour, point your browser to tiny.cc at uh, slash west coffee hour. And just for today, we have a special postlude presentation from the West Chorus in honor of the transition of Rachel Markowitz and Rebecca Lammers to their new life in Hawaii and the transition of Susan and Johnny Buzik to, uh, to long distance membership in Colorado, the West Chorus will present as you journey after the closing words. Thank you for being part of this experimental platform, whether online or in person, we'll see you soon. And now I invite you to join me in our closing words for the month. Let us go into the week ahead with compassion, understanding, and commitment, holding the complexities of peace, hope, love, and joy in our quest for a better world. <laughs>